Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back in for a Sunday edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And we got a lot to talk about today. We have Friday's in-stadium practice that we have to discuss, today's 10th training camp practice at Gillette, and maybe the biggest story of the weekend is off the field because the Patriots restructured Matthew Judon's contract. I thought you were going to say the in-stadium practice. I thought you were going to talk about your guys. Oh, well, that was very big, but... Or we could go a different contract if you want to talk about Nikhil Harry to Minnesota right off the bat. But uh, they have they now have both and Jawan. Nikhil Harry and Juwan Williams. <laughs> Did you see what number Harry's wearing? No, is it one? Twenty-eight. Outstanding. So that's outstanding. Nikhil Harry. All right, but um, Matthew Judon, a uh, bit of a hold in. It seemed like early on he was only conditioning, rarely taking part of team drills. He got his money. He can make up to $18 million this year, guaranteed from 2 to $14 million. And so he's back. He's back in the mix here. Full participant today at practice. So they they, they got that done off the, che- off the checklist there. Yeah, I think that's big. And he was out of practice today. Now, here's my – I don't know if you want to call it a hot take, a hot-ish take. I don't think we're done seeing Matthew Judon limited at practice this summer. He kind of alluded to that today, too. Yeah, he was asked about it. And and look, if they're going to do workload stuff with Trent Brown, if they're going to do workload stuff with Ramondre Stevenson, like you're talking about the most important players on the team and guys who faded down the stretch last year, that's also Matthew Judon. So, yeah, he was back involved today, and he was a menace today. Like, he he came out and played with his hair on fire, but I still think they're going to temper it with him throughout camp. Now, that being said, they need to get the deal done. They got it done. I It's a... It's a good deal for for the team in the sense that they're year to year. Let me rephrase that. It's it basically it's year to year. They're year to year with 30-year-old pass rusher. I think that's gonna end up working out for them. I think the Patriots went year to year with Stephon Gilmore and he won defensive player of the year. And that's why he's not here anymore, because they went year to year thinking that the cost wouldn't go up that much from year to year, and then it very much did. So I it's going to be really interesting to see if like Judon finishes the season this year. We his contract, I think it voids at a certain point. Like he can't be tagged when his contract expires. Yep. So yeah, it, they're ba- we're basically going to do this all again next year with Matthew Judon. And again, if he's kind of the same player, it makes sense and it works out to the advantage of the team. If he's really good, like better than he's been, it creates a very interesting situation. So where were you at? I saw a lot of people saying it's great that they paid him, but maybe they should have extended him. Like we saw Trey Hendrickson get another year or something in that range. I was kind of fine. He's going to be 31 beginning this year. So when his contract runs out, he's going to be entering his age 33 season. So I'm fine taking it year year to year on that part. But were you kind of in maybe at a year or look to get an extension done with that? I would have I would have liked to see them out a year, but I think that this is what they wanted. Yeah. I think they wanted the year to year uh because they they have a, a thing, you know, it's the year too early versus the year too late thing, right? They don't want to be tied to him and, and all of a sudden his game falls apart. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have hated an extension, but I'm not surprised there wasn't one. I this is kind of what I thought it was gonna look like. Yeah, I agree there. And and good to get that done. They obviously had the money this year. 
They'll have the money going forward if need be, but he's certainly outplayed that original deal and quickly became a leader and a vocal voice in that locker room. So good to get that done. And probably no coincidence that he's back on the field for full participation for the first time this summer. And the defense really has one of their best days of camp today, really going against a a makeshift offensive line, if you would, and no pads there in shells and and shorts after a day off yesterday. But there were a lot of sacks today or would be sacks. And and Judon was at the front of that. I had him for at least three, I believe. So that's been the number I've heard most of the day is three. So Judon plugs right back in and the defense has probably their one of their best days of the summers. Now it's, it's, it's kind of a, a, a two-sided thing. I think Judon being back out there, his energy, it wasn't just him making plays. There were instances where like Juwan Bentley blew up a screen and instantly yep. pointed right at Judon. Lawrence guy did something similar. Like I think the energy was there, but they were also down four starters on the offensive line with David Andrews not participating. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Right. But it's, it's that same thing we've talked about. How much stock do we want to put in with the defensive front did, given who they were facing? I You, you see the edge Judon brings, and I think the guys are genuinely pumped for him, but I don't think it, it, it would be nearly impossible for it to look like that in the regular season. Like, that's the absolute ceiling best the defense can look. Yeah, you mentioned the line. No Trent Brown limited again. No Cole Strange still, no Unwinu on the pup, and then David Andrews. Kind of looked like a veteran's day for maybe a lot of people because there was no yeah. Slater, no John Jones. Uh, Montgomery was still out. I believe those were all the absences. But, yeah, you're still – the depth is getting tested early on the O-line, and you'd hope that that top-end talent coming back at some point will, will help fix that. But – that's still the big question mark on this roster right now because we haven't seen it healthy. We haven't seen that full five up front, but that, yeah, there's still, there's still issues there for, for now. Yeah. That's not, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yep. We'll see what happens with Mike on but he hasn't been activated. We haven't seen any sign that Cole strange is, is progressing. Look, they'll get Andrews back and then Trent mm-hmm. Brown's Trent Brown. He's limited and that's what it's been. And that seems like it's what it's going to be. So this might be something that we're going to have to see in a game, what it really looks like. Get a good look Thursday at some of those depth pieces too. Right. Full contact, Houston preseason. But um, should we should we talk about the pass catchers? Should we do it? Yeah, yeah. A lot of interesting stuff to get into with this one. So I guess we'll start with Taekwon because there was some good that after two limited sessions last week, he was active today. I think he had five or six targets. But the bad was he was mostly running with Bailey Zappi for the pretty much the whole practice. He had a few plays with Mac, but mostly in that Bailey Zappi group. And I think he only caught two of his targets, and one of them was a screen. And he had his hands on a few other ones that he probably should have had. So he's out there, which is good, but it wasn't really the performance we wanted to see from Taekwon today. It, it was so he had that first catch, right? He <laughs> goes up up the the sideline and he separated from Isaiah Bolden and, yep. and caught the ball from Zappi. But since then, like you said, the two pass breakups against there were three pass breakups against him. One by Miles Bryant, the ball was under throw. So that That's one right. I'm not sure how much he could have done on that. The other two, it was literally where he got himself open. And look, he's getting himself open now. So that's good. But like he got himself open, well thrown balls, and just couldn't hold on through contact. One was Joshua Bledsoe punching the ball out. The other one was Rodney Randall just hit him with his shoulder and dropped the ball and he 
he's never going to be a bully. Like he, he's never going to be a bully ball wide receiver. He's, he's, uh, you know, no, I'm trying to think of an example of one of, you know, he's not going to be a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, right? Who's just going to out muscle everybody for the football. He's not going to do that, but you need to be able to catch the ball through contact to play in the NFL. That's just the reality of it. And that's something he struggled with significantly today in a non padded practice. And that's something that stands out. Cause if you're counting on this guy to play a major role, you can't have him dropping the ball every time the defensive back shoves him. And we've said they need that skill set, whether it comes from him or it comes from a guy like Pop Douglas, who we can get into in a bit too. But they need that speed with all these other receivers. So good that he's separating, but he's got to finish, right? He's got to finish the plays. You mentioned the two, the one from Zappy. I thought it was a little underthrown, but he still had his hands on it. And as you mentioned, like a, a top 50 pick needs to make that play. The one right. he did catch, there there wasn't any contact. It was kind of like just a nice bread basket throw from Zappy. So, yeah, still good. He's out there getting involved. He was getting open, as you said. But yeah, he's just got to he's got to finish the plays now, and you got to see that that last part of the play kind of click. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, this is going back to last year. That's the thing. That's where you start to get concerned. It, it's can he do it? Because it's it's two years now, and. You know, the whole thing about is he going to come in bigger, stronger, whatever, that's not looking like the case at this point. No. I think three pounds he put on, technically, right, on the weight roster. I think it was a two or three, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so same type of body type, skill set, obviously, speedster. But while he was with the Zappy group, Demario Douglas back in with Mac early on, and he they were just throwing him the ball, and he might have had the route of the day. He just toasted Miles Bryant on a little whip route. So you see that stop-start ability we keep talking about, get that speed on the field. So as Taekwon may be on the downswing, Douglas is keep stacking these good days together. It does feel that way a little bit. Now, Taekwon's making the team. Yeah. I published my first roster projection on Saturday, 98.5thesportshub.com, and a bunch of people asked why I kept Taekwon. He was the 50th overall pick last year, like a year ago. He if he can figure it out, has game-changing speed, they're, they're not giving up on him yet, nor should they, however bleak it may seem at this point. That would be way too early to cut bait entirely. But can he be passed on the depth chart by DeMario Douglas? We've kind of been talking about this in an abstract. You know, could this happen? When would it happen? What would it look like? Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. And it's funny, all the quarterback competition talk, like I was having this conversation with somebody separate, the other day, the reason so many of the media people are pushing back on the idea of a quarterback competition when Bill Belichick, people think, are, is leaving all these breadcrumbs and stuff, a quarterback competition is a tangible thing. Quarterbacks competing for a roster spot, everybody's competing for a roster spot. Quarterback competition is like a, a definitive thing where there is no clear number one starter. Both players are splitting reps with the top offense, right? And that's not happening at quarterback. What we're seeing right now between Demario Douglas and Tyquan Thornton is a competition. They are both splitting reps with the ones. They are both equally out there with the ones. They're being given somewhat similar assignments. That's a competition. The team's trying to figure out which guy's better, period. So I think you're absolutely, this is, Douglas has caught Thornton. And, and, and they're right here right now. Like He hasn't passed him, but he's caught him. And now they're, we're going to find out in equal reps against the same defense with the same players around them, who is the better option. 
Yeah, hopefully we'll get a good look at them preseason, and then joint practices will be big for both of them. But how much yes. do you think Bill O'Brien might be looking at this and kind of just saying like, I don't care if Tyquan was a second round pick. I wasn't here for that. And if Pop Douglas is going to do this, I'm just going to put him on the field. And then, you know, I don't really care about Tyquan if we're getting that production from, from Pop. I, I think there's probably an element of that. I, the other thing is Douglas is such a O'Brien yeah. receiver yep. where he, you're going to put him in the slot. You're going to have him run option routes and get him one-on-ones with linebackers and safeties. I, yeah, I, 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 the draft thing, like you said, I wasn't here. He's not my guy, but I think there's also an element of let me put this kid in the lineup because he's going to do exactly what I need a guy to do in the spot. <laughs> whereas Thornton's not, he's not nearly that route runner. So if it were up to O'Brien, I would think he'd be leaning Pop. Douglas. Now, again, we still got a way to go. Douglas has to prove it in, in preseason games, joint practices against other NFL competition. But yeah, if you ask O'Brien who we would rather win out that battle, I bet he'd say Douglas. Yep. Because that, yeah, that's where the big wide receiver competition is right now. A lot of their main group looks like it's going to be, you know, Juju and Devontae Parker leading that that depth chart, leading the snaps. Henry looks consistent. He's had a really good camp, a few more catches today. I don't know. Did you have that one in the back of the end zone as a pass breakup with Peppers? I I had no idea. I thought he, like, put the ball down. I, I really couldn't tell. That one seemed to be 50-50 to me. But it was a, a nice throw for yeah. Mac. Which was – it was kind of weird because it was – the play before was that underthrow to Tyquan, and then he just put a perfect ball out on, like, the same route other side of the field to Henry. Yeah, but um, yeah, Henry's been really consistent. Probably their most consistent pass catcher, maybe outside of Juju this this summer. And then I think Henry's been their best skill player in yeah. camp. I I really do, and and we'll see what that ends up turning into. But I I I have him over Juju right now because I think just the, the sheer volume of it, like that's the guy that play you're talking about. They were in a live red zone drill. That was third down. Who's Mac Jones going to on third down? It's been Hunter Henry a lot. And he's and it's it's worked. It's not just like he's throwing to him and it's not work working. Like he's connecting with Hunter Henry and it's working with Hunter Henry. Yep. It feels like every drive starter too is just like a little stick route to Henry, just get him ahead of the sticks. So yeah. Henry looks more like his 2021 self, which is a good sign. And Gasicki got a little more involved today. He had that really nice one-handed catch. I gave it to him. I said he was in right up the sideline. Peppers was like in really tight coverage, but he had a nice catch. And I believe he had another one or two receptions today. Might have had a drop too. It was tough to tell if Marte Mapu got his hand in there, but maybe you're starting to see a little more. You know, we saw some life from Gasicki, more targets last week. Wasn't able to like capitalize on him, but now maybe you're starting to get the ball rolling, some more chemistry there with Mac and starting to make some plays. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think just that, like you said, that chemistry is coming along. Two guys that hadn't played together a lot. And and I think you're starting to see them kind of connect. Yep. I do want to bring this up. This is, a, I, I, we're not doing like a real Q and a, but this is a really good question. So I just want to bring this up to go back to what we were just talking about. We, you know, Demario Douglas, I said, being a, a Bill O'Brien kind of receiver because of his route running and Thornton, not being that level of route runner can, so Kansas can route running, not be taught. Yes and no. There are elements of it that you can teach, but there are certain physical characteristics, agility, uh, balance, foot speed that just 
you either have that or you don't. You can't turn anybody like you can make an okay route runner good, good route runner great. And a guy like Thornton, who's six three and lanky, those option routes you're running in a Bill O'Brien offense, you got to get low to the great. You got to have a low center of gravity because you're making really quick cuts, like a multitude of cuts. You're going like in out in. It's not just one cut and go. And at Thornton's body type, that's just going to be really hard to do. That's just your. The guys that can make those kind of cuts at that size, you're talking about guys who are top five, top 10 receivers in the league. And there's a, there's inherent natural ability in that. So you could teach route running to an extent, but a lot of it is natural ability. That's it's why basically, they really... you can teach it to bring out somebody's natural ability, but the natural ability is going to set the ceiling. That's why they really like their, their three cone drill. Right. right? That right. change of directions. And I don't, did, did Douglas run that this this combine do you know uh let me tell you hang on stall for a second um yeah but they like that quick twitch that jitterbug in the slot which douglas has he's shown that early on and it's obviously worked with with bill o'brien in the past welker edelman that that type of that type of wide receiver with that skill set so still loading (laughs) but yeah that 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 actually that question that's a bringing up the, the, the three cone. That's exactly what that is. The three cone in the, uh, the short shuttle is the other one. Uh, three cone combine to Mario Douglas here. No, he didn't run it. Maybe he ran it as pro day. Maybe I'm not seeing a time right off the, the jump. Taekwon did not do the three cone. It looked like so. No, Taekwon only ran 40. I remember that. Douglas ran a which last year among wide receivers at the combine would have been like top 10. 705. So 705, yeah. Yeah. So generally like under six, under seven is elite. So he was like just off of elite at the three cone. Yep. So that's what they like there. So if he can just keep doing this when the pads come on, joint practices, preseason, he should get a, a good amount of run. Then, yeah, you could be really looking at him jumping Taekwon here week one. But um, anything else pass catcher-wise pass catcher for you from today? Uh, another good day for Kayshawn Booty. Yeah, he had another so nice He, he keeps touchdown. building days. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him. I, I've been getting this question a lot. Can both him and Douglas make the team? They can Guys are going to have to get hurt or just totally bottom out, but you're going to get in this weird spot with Douglas where, or with booty where even if he's kind of good in the preseason, someone's going to take a chance on him. Yeah. He's going to be harder to get to the practice squad than your average six round pick just because of his pedigree, former top recruit, what he showed as a freshman at LSU, all of that. Do you risk losing him? This is a team that needs upside at wide receiver. Is there a way they can stash him? I still think he's a Foxborough flu candidate, but like he's not playing at the level Douglas is at. Where I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, tomorrow Douglas is making the team. He's making the roster, but I don't, he's playing too well that I can't be like, oh, yeah, look at him in the practice squad. It's fine. Like I'm not there with him yet either. And he's a guy that you wouldn't be surprised if preseason, right? Like going up against other teams twos and threes if he just kind of lights it up and then should yeah and then you're really looking at these other teams 
or these other teams will be looking at that and saying, if they cut bait there, we want to get our hands on that. And so, yeah, if he shows, we know he has that potential. So if he keeps showing it, it'll be tough to get him to the practice squad. Mentioned the Foxborough flu. He's been out there every day. He missed some time in the spring, but so he's been out there every day. You know, something could always pop up maybe, but uh yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to watch how that kind of progresses because right now it, Douglas is ahead of him, but Booty's stacking good days and he's kind of getting in a rhythm here. So it'll be interesting to right. watch that develop, especially if he can light it up in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, should we hear from our good friends over at FanDuel that maybe get to the defense side of the ball a little bit more? Yep, let's do it. All right. As long as you're not using FanDuel for the Red Sox, you – uh. Well, I mean, you could probably make a lot. They're dead. Just bet against them. Yeah. Not official gambling advice, but like that's a team on a slide. (laughs) Yeah, that's headed the wrong way. But um, defensively, we mentioned Booty offensively. Christian Gonzalez interception uh, kind of peeling off his route to intercept the ball to Booty today. Got his hands on another one to Kendrick Bourne. So good day from Gonzalez getting his hands back on football is like we kind of saw earlier in camp. So he kind of responded well after a few few days where he wasn't bad, but he may have give gave up some catches. It's 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 still that thing where he's he's getting beat and he's learning from it. And the one today we saw him get beat on a similar ball, whatever it was three four days ago, and it, I thought he probably jumped the throw. The reason he got beat, he jumped the throw maybe a little sooner than he should have. And he was very patient on that one today. He got the interception on. So uh, still all the things you want to see from him. Rookies are going to get beat. Any rookie is going to get beat in training camp. That's what's going to happen. But he's he's learning from those mistakes. He's not making the same mistakes twice. Yep. And a lot of interceptions. We mentioned a lot of sacks, a lot of interceptions too. Uh, Marte Mapu had one. Sean Wade had one. I think it was on a tip drill. And then, oh no, Sean Wade's was just right to him. And then Mapu's was on a tip drill. And then Josh Bledsoe had a, had a pretty nice day too. He had that. Josh pass, had a really good day. He had that pass breakup downfield on Taekwon and then another interception off Trace McSorley. That one might've been on a, off a, a tip drill too, but good, good, probably the best day of the summer there for, for Josh Bledsoe. I, people were surprised when I had him on my roster projection, he's going to make the team. They really like him. Does a ton on special teams is starting to shine as a safety. He's, he's going to be here. I, I truly believe that he's going to be here. And you saw it on a day like today where he's just a guy that he's able to get himself around the football. He's just always in the right spot. And we've heard this since that rookie year, even when he didn't play, he like practiced for three weeks. Was he on NFI? It was rookie year. Yeah. Cause he broke his wrist or hand yeah. or something at the, at the senior bowl. So he only practiced like two weeks, his rookie year, that, that eligible window. And then, ended the year on NFI, but you heard from, you know, McCordy, some of the coaches, how smart he is. And you see that on the field, he's always in the right spot, but watching him throughout last year. And even in the spring, it never seemed like he could finish the play, right? Like the ball skills, but now you're starting to see that a little, like that really nice recovery on Taekwon today to break that up. And then the interception. So if he can start finishing plays a little more than that's that's a really good sign, but I think I'm agree with you. I think he's going to be on the team anyway. Yeah. And then let's see what else defensively got sent on a lap today. Full 
full field lap. That was a big one. Even though they were kind of dominating the red zone session, they had uh, Godchild called it a substitution error. So there were some operations. It some, was something you know, I was watching. Like Mac Wilson ran halfway off the sideline, stopped. And both sides were like the, the, the sideline was telling him, like, come back. And the defense was telling him, like, get out here. And he didn't know what to do. And then the ball was snapped. Yeah. So, so Bill, we saw those a lot on offense last year. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first this year. Yeah. So, and it was on defense. Bill sent them on a uh, full field lap and then had a word with them before they had to hop right back into a drill. So, uh, no room for those mistakes on a Bill Belichick team even though we saw them a little bit last year, but uh, not this year, hopefully. So that was, those are kind of the big stuff I had offense, defense, any other little details you had before? I mean, we can talk a little. I think we got all of them. It wasn't a big little detail practice. It was really all, and and it's kind of a sign they're, they're gearing up for the game here. They were in two minute, they were in red zone. It wasn't, they, it was, it was all eyes on that. There wasn't a lot of breakouts or breakout sessions or anything like that. Oh, Raleigh Webb caught another touchdown, though. He keeps getting open. does just keep getting open. <laughs> Raleigh Webb. Um, but um, I keep seeing Jeremiah is asking this. We don't know, but I would imagine they'll be in pads tomorrow. I don't know if you feel the same about that. I would think so, yeah. I think they're going to be in pads the next two days. That's my guess. I don't know Def- for sure. I would say definitely tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, depending how tomorrow goes. But you would think after the low-key in-stadium Friday, day off Saturday, no pads today, that they'll kind of go hard at least one more day here tomorrow, maybe Tuesday before. I think they're off Wednesday and then the game Thursday. So imagine pads tomorrow. But um, Chad Ryland today, four for four in my book. The third one was... I, I had him three the for third four. one was a little iffy. I wasn't sure. Duggar said no, but that might just be Duggar saying that from the special team side of it. But uh, his fourth one w- was good from like 50 yards. So you just keep seeing that that powerful leg and handling kickoffs again. Working on some squib kicks today even a little bit. So that's where it still looks like Ryland's job there from the kicking competition. Well, I mean, we can go back too. Why don't you give us your assessment? We didn't do a show for the in-stadium, yeah. so this is kind of a twofer. Uh, I, Ryland was the better kicker in the in-stadium. They both went three for four, but his miss was from, what was it, 48 yards? Folks was from 41. And and then Bryce Beringer was just awesome, was awesome. at the in-stadium. <laughs> he was he was excellent. So the rookies, I think, keep yeah. pulling away. Ryland's miss was right upright uh, from 45, I wrote it down, I think. Folk might have been 48, but they both missed one. They both had one kind of impacted on an operational thing, which we didn't count against them. But the thing right. with Ryland was like concluding, he was concluding both of his warmups to both sides of the stadium at 61 yards and like hitting with plenty of leg. And, and Folk was, I think he was concluding at like 53 and he was short. So yeah. that's just, you know, you, you knew the leg strength was the big one and you saw it there same with Barringer. i mean multiple punts over five seconds he had that one multiple punts over 50 yards the one like 65 yard boot where demario Douglas yeah. had to go back like 10 15 yards to field it so yeah i mean those guys are just awesome and, and they have the job <laughs> i would say this with ryland like and, and you kind of alluded to it there they're kicking today and they both kicked from 45 and with nick folk when it's 45 you're like holding on is it gonna get there is it not 
Rowland kicks from 45. looks like a chip shot. Like yeah. it's halfway up the, the upright. So that's the difference there. And yeah, with Behringer, it was cool with the in stadium that we could actually count the yards on the punts and things like that. And yeah, he's, I mean, just, just kicking the crap out of the ball. Yep. Taylor was laughing. Taylor Kyle's ceiling us here laughing at, a. Ryland was doing the kickoffs today and he just lines up like two steps behind the ball and then just boots it. We're like Nick Folk last year would be like eight to 10 steps back. So the leg strength difference is apparent there. And it looks like folks, I mean, folk could maybe be on this roster if they keep two. Right. And you have like him do right. within 40 yards. Cause he's just right down the fairway on those. And then Ryland could do, if it's bad weather or those long distance field goals, but that, that right now looks like the only way that that folk is still around unless he wants a practice squad spot, which I don't know if he'd be interested at this point of his career. I'll but. say this too with that. So I, I've said this before, like getting Nick folk on the practice squad, he's 38 years old. He has two kids. They're in school. They live in Dallas. He yep. goes back there during the season. Like he is a routine set. I don't know that he's going anywhere like anywhere just in general even if a team offers him a 53-man spot he may rather be on the practice squad in new england there are a couple teams though that i think make sense for him he's from dallas i don't know if you saw the video at a cowboys camp this weekend of their kickers yikes yikes if you no. wave nick folk if you try to get nick folk to the practice squad i think he's gonna be a dallas cowboy do they who is their kicker was it meyer last year who just like imploded in the playoffs yeah. Do they still have him? Is that who they're rolling with still? I don't um I think it's I no, it's it's Tristan Viscaino is one of them. Okay. And Patriot I forget who, yeah, and the other kicker is whoever Oh, right, Brandon Aubrey. He's like an MLS player. That sounds familiar. <laughs> and they they signed him. He was in the USFL. So yeah, they uh they need a kicker. So that would that would make sense if because his family is down there. But um yeah, we'll 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 kind of see there. I don't know. In stadium also were you at Peppers after practice today? No, no, because so I think he talked he talked at the same time. Oh, born. He talked at the same time yeah, as born. So stink stank stunk. <laughs> credit to um, cre honestly, credit to Mike for having a, a sense of humor about that. But. yeah. But um so Peppers, he said they came in this morning, the defense, and they just kind of got lit up for their performance in the in-stadium practice, which was a jog through at best. Well, we were making the joke in the press box. Like, it doesn't even look like the defense is trying because nobody was trying. But I guess they, even to the extent they weren't trying, was too much. Yeah, so I guess they didn't like what they saw there through that jog through in-stadium practice. But, um, yeah, th those are pretty much... That's pretty much it from the last two practices, I believe. I don't know anything else you wanna you wanna kind of touch on here. Um, no. At this point, you know, you start turning your attention towards that preseason game. I just had Zach Cox on the Sports Hub Patriots podcast. People can check that out, ninety five thesportshubcom And you know, he made an interesting point. The first preseason game is really a massive point in training camp because it resets a lot of things. There may be guys you've been looking at that you're now going to look at differently or the guys we weren't talking about that have bigger roles than we think. Um, it's so many different things in that regard. So it's kind of getting everything set to go into that and, and kind of 
preparing to adjust whatever you're going to need to adjust uh, as crazy as that sounds. So two more practices this week, they are kind of mirroring a game week here with yep. the way they practice today. It looked like a Wednesday practice during the season. So I, I, the hype can now start building for that preseason game. Mm -hmm. You expect Mac in that? Yeah, not a ton, not a ton. I think he'll probably play, I, I'm, you know, two, two or three drives to a quarter, I think is what you'll see from him. Zappy will probably get the second and third, let McSorley finish it out in the fourth. That would be my guess. Yeah, I'm with you there. Just new system, right? Just see how it looks a little right. bit. So shake off some of that rust. But um, yeah, if that's it, unless you got any last comments, we can kind of wrap up here and hopefully get on to a padded practice tomorrow. Um, oh, no, we need to do this real quick. Sorry, hang on. Um, I do have one other thought, but we need to change the background. Uh, Red Sox are done. <laughs> they're done 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 yeah bad this vibes is, this is what happens when the players ask the gm to get them help at the deadline and the gm ignores them all right you don't believe in us fine well, we know we don't have enough because you didn't believe in us from the beginning so we'll take our ball and go home sad pathetic ending to the season pathetic yep not much more to add on that honestly just bad vibes there they look done Looks like, as Verdugo said, the last seven weeks of maybe his tenure here in Boston too. So, yeah, yeah. good trade, good trade. Yeah, just just kind of a, a a sad way to to go out there if this is it, unless your guy Chris Sale comes back and starts throwing throwing yeah, okay. complete game shutouts all day for them. But uh, we'll yeah. see. They look done. They look done. Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's, you really got to talk about Bloom's job at this point. Now it's even for, for the nerd, he's not doing well. Yeah. I'd still, I'd still be surprised if they didn't last through like, I don't want to say next season because if things go bad next, like I think they'll be here, him and Cora will be here to start next season, but then it's like, this is kind of it. Like, let's see it or, you know, I think they should on. do what the Celtics did. I think you fire Bloom and make Cora the GM. He's talked about wanting to do it. The players actually like him. He actually likes the players. He actually respects the players, which, believe it or not, can make a difference. <laughs> I I would go and I, I I'd go with the with the Brad Stevens plan if I That'd was the Red Sox. Yeah, I think he'd be good at that. I think Cora would be good at anything he kind yeah. of does in the baseball world. He he's awesome. So. Yeah, but we'll see. Who knows? We will see. Who knows? That doesn't look good. But we got football, so whatever. Right. At this point. But um, yeah, so we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, padded practice is on the radar to break down. But until then, you can go follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go read all his work over at 985thesportshub.com. Follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines. Go read all my camp coverage over at patspulpit.com. And thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.